I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. I'm Valerie. And we have a special, wonderful guest today. Hi, I'm Marie. I'm back again. Yeah, Hi. Marie. Who <laughs> you might remember if you listened to our Lord of the Rings episodes. Yeah, many opinions. <laughs> yes, and we're excited to hear your opinions on today's movie, which is Disney's The Aristocats from 1971. Uh, who would like to give a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis? I'll do a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis. <laughs> this is a story about rich cats living with a rich lady who then is wants to uh, put her cats in her will, give them all her money. Her butler doesn't approve of this, so he kidnaps the cats and tries to get rid of them, does a bad job because he's incompetent, and the cats go on an adventure where they meet uh, Thomas J. O'Malley uh, and, and learn about living on the streets some they meet some some geese uh one of one of the geese is drunk they uh meets scat cat and his crew um of caricatures and uh then <laughs> then they then they get accurate. home and and the end happens <laughs> so it's it's a it's not like a there's not like a, a bunch of plot points that happen here it's pretty simplistic um it's but not- it's not a complex story. No, it's not a complex story, but I will say that it is more competently told than uh, Sword in the Stone <laughs> was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're both. I, I think they're both slight films in in their way, but this one is is just more competent overall in it, in the telling and in the character work and stuff. Yeah, and that the latter that you said, I think what makes it feel more substantial to me is I feel like they had nice character development and even nice character interactions and um, yeah. and relationship building between characters. Yeah. yeah, just a just a higher level of quality it feels like, even if it's certainly not among the highest echelons of Disney quality. Um, yeah, what's, what'd y'all think without getting into spoilers? Um, I enjoyed it. I'm sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, uh, Marie. Um, I enjoyed it, and even more than I even remembered that I enjoyed it. See, I'm on the other side. This uh, film was kind of big in my childhood. I remember, yeah. you know, watching it on VHS quite a bit. And, oh, same, same. Uh, so I was like, oh yeah, this is that film I watched a lot as a kid. It's going to be really nice to revisit the nostalgia of it. And maybe take a more adult look at it, see what I get that I didn't then. And then I realized, one, Child Beat didn't pay attention to most of this movie. And two, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't like this movie as much now that I've revisited it. It was nice yeah, that, memories. That but happens sometimes. <laughs> my nostalgia did not hold up. Fair. Okay. It's not a bad um, movie. Sure. It's just, you were just disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't. Uh, I, I'm sure it's not a and Mulan two situation. Oh my god! Where she where she saw how bad that film was. That's just an atrocious film. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, for me, I had memories of the film, mostly of the uh, you know everybody wants to be a cat. I believe it was because I had a sing along video for that. Who didn't? But also, I guess I saw the. F- film more than I realized maybe because there was quite a few places where you know I could quote it so so yeah overall 
I enjoyed it, but but it it was uh, light on plot. But I, I agree, the character interactions really elevated this above Sword in the Stone when it comes to a vibes film. Yeah, yeah. You're making yeah. me want to go back and watch Sword in the Stone again because I haven't seen that any time recently, and I remember it's... like, ooh, Arthurian legend, a right. squirrel that's cute. <laughs> oh man, the squirrel! Yeah, uh, is we, that episode we, released yet? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That episode should be out. If you watch it, you can hear our thoughts. <laughs> yeah, on, on our episode. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I, a couple years ago, I think I rewatched this, so I had kind of recalled that it is uh, certainly not among Disney's highest echelon of films, which is to say, I, I think I entered this uh, with pretty low expectations. So I, I had a good time. Like I was like, yeah, it's, it's a fun little film. Animation's fun. The characters are relatively fun. It's slight, but it, I, I had a nice time because I knew it would be, you know? What do you mean by slight? It just kind of like, there's not like a ton going on. There's not, there's not, it's not a meaty film, you know, not a lot to digest here. Pretty simplistic. Let's get specific, by which it mean it's time for me to tell you uh, production facts about this movie, because like all Disney movies, I have way too many facts that I can spit at y'all about this. I, I have a guess on one. Oh, yeah? And I want yeah, I didn't look guess. this up, and I uh -huh. was tempted to. Um, is the rat played by the same person who did Winnie the Pooh? Like 100%. That? Yes, okay. Ster Sterling Holloway. Too. Sterling Holloway is in so many Disney stuff, if you go back and look. I think starting with Dumbo, he's like the the stork that delivers the babies and stuff. Um, yeah, he's he's in so much, but he is most well known for being the original Winnie the Pooh voice. Yeah. Uh, yes, he is cute, in here. <laughs> cute, cute little mouse in his cute little raincoat. Yes, yes, yes. Just a, a highlight of the film for me. Delightful. Uh, yeah. um, in 1962, the Aristocats Project began as an original script for a two-part live-action episode of Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color, developed by writers Tom McGowan and Tom Rowe and producer Harry Tile. One of the initial rough storylines was about two servants, a butler and a maid, who were in line to inherit a fortune of an eccentric mistress after the pet cats died, and focused on their feeble and foolish attempts to eliminate the felines. Following two years of rewrites, Disney suggested the project would be more suitable for an animated film, and placed the project in turnaround as The Jungle Book advanced into production. When The Jungle Book was nearly complete, Disney appointed Ken Anderson to develop preliminary work on The Aristocats, making it the last film project to be approved by Disney personally before his death in December 1966. Later changes to the story include uh, tossing out the more emotional story of Duchess's obsession with finding human adopters befitting of her kitten's talents, and the removal of the character Elvira, the maid, placing Edgar as the central villain in order to better simplify the storyline. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what what do we what do we think of the story and, and characters that we ended I like up with? Like the name Elvira. <laughs> Elvira is yeah. a fun name. Yeah, and I just the uh -huh. Edgar is a very I think incompetent sums him up very well. Just yeah. the scene of him like speaking out his motivations, like <laughs> oh gosh, they have nine lives and they're going to live twelve years each of those nine, and I'm like Edgar. Edgar it's like no, that's not. They are cats. <laughs> 
you probably are yeah. like if you gave them a chance you would just live in this big mansion with four cats and right yeah. Yeah. and you can just spend the money how you want and say yeah that's what totally what the cats wanted like yeah, who, yeah. who's gonna be like mm, i don't know let's talk to the cats about it yeah <laughs> Goodness. Exactly. It's, it's funny to me because edgar seems like a, a pretty chill guy at first before yeah. he decides to become a, a potential and then eventual definitely trying to do murders um like yeah he seems like he is fine enough with the cats whether or not he he particularly loves them he seems to smile and like his job well enough and i mean i get it like that's part of his job is to seem like he enjoys it but we don't really get a lot of signs that he has a terrible time at most he's he's pretty exasperated by the old lawyer guy which who seems like a pretty exasperating fellow to deal with yeah exactly I also think it's a little telling about where he lives, though, when you see yes. him eavesdropping on the mistress and the lawyer. His space is pretty small, so I, th- you know. But it's, I think it's, I guess to me, it feels like he's probably relatively okay with that, because he's like, I'm a butler to this rich old lady. She's going to die well before me, and uh, she should bequeath me some good amount of money to where right. I don't have to live like this anymore is kind of like the vibe I get, mm-hmm. which he w- he was chill until he was like, oh, my idea of my future's threatened. Now I'm going to kill some cats, baby. <laughs> I'm going to well, get them out of the way. Yeah. It's just such well, a also, quick jump in logic. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It, it doesn't speak well to his character that he arrives at that conclusion so quick. <laughs> well, two things. One is he doesn't have to. It's not like he's banished to his room other than sleeping in his room i don't think it's that big of a deal that he has a small room still it's like his only personal space yeah that's true uh the other thing though again trying to get rid of the cats while his mistress is still alive makes absolutely no sense (laughs) yeah he really it really (laughs) feels like he jumped the gun on this one because again (laughs) as much as she's obsessed i think that the best case scenario would be if the cats never came back, she would get more cats. I know. She's yeah. not someone who is not That's going true, to 100%. have cats, you know, or No, cats. I think I think like we are already said, he could have probably been perfectly content if the cats did get the money because cats can't spend money. Uh, but for two, <laughs> if you do want to money, <laughs> right? <laughs> for two, if you do want to kill the cat so that the money is just completely yours, do it after the old lady's dead. Like, act like you're going to be such a good caretaker of these cats for like a year. People aren't paying attention to you anymore. And then, oh no, something terrible happened to the cats. Oh no. See, I think the problem with that plan uh-huh. is you know that there's going to be newspapers about like, oh, these cats got so much money. And even, but that's why I'm saying you give it enough time for that to die down. I think it would take much longer than a year. They'd be like, oh, rich cats mysteriously die. Like, yeah. I think. <laughs> well, then, you know, that just brings us right back to cats can't spend money. Just, yeah, the cats oh. get the money and you choose what the happens with the money. Fully, yeah. yeah just no. get them lots. I mean, there'd be plenty of money to get them I lots of I think it's just literally you have to live you with cats. You don't even have to treat them as fancy as before. Just like don't actively kill the cats and probably no one's going to like pay that much attention unless she's writing a whole lot of stipulations about their care. And even then that's like what you've already been doing minus all the other Butler things that don't involve the cats. So it's still way better. Yeah. 
I think we can just all agree, Edgar, you jumped the gun and made some bad decisions. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, and I know I said this, but I love skinny legs and the big body on the on the two guys, especially that that just cracked me up. I I found it fascinating how little the actual the start of the movie actually emphasizes the cats. Like it's kind of just humans with the cats around for a while. We don't actually hear them talk for a for a good amount of time. Yeah. I I think it's interesting. That part of the film is one that I really just didn't pay attention to as a kid. Like, (laughs) it was like the part that my parents would put on and then eventually I'd be like, oh, there's a movie playing. I am a child. Yeah, yeah. It's like, this this isn't the cute little cats talking. I don't care about this. Well, the one thing that it did do for me is to see the absolute like love and appreciation that uh, she had for the cats. Sure. Yeah. You know, in that sense, I feel like, because in other things, in other movies, gosh, uh, maybe Oliver and company and, and some others. Well, I guess there was good interaction to show the love with the little girl with We've, some of it. We already discussed Oliver and company and how it condensed most of their relationship into a montage. And yeah. Just did not I will, well, well, yeah. And I was just going to say, so, so I appreciated it at least being established that she is totally devoted to these cats. I mean, because, you know, without just saying boringly, you know, or or narrator talking and saying, this is an eccentric lady who is going to be, you know, who adores her cats and is going to bequeath all this money. I mean, she not only has the lawyer come in, of course, that's established there, but it shows how devoted she is. I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm not sure that her devotion to the cats really, like matters as much to the film as it takes the time to set it up like sure like that's arguably important but most of the film is about the cats going on an adventure and like yeah we know that they have a a person at home who wants them back but especially from the viewpoint of a kid do we care about that old lady that much probably not she's just like a nice home for them to come back to rather than a character that i think especially children are concerned with I think it depends. I mean, like, uh, yeah, I guess it's hard not to separate that from what I'm feeling in terms of her seeing her, you know, upset that they're gone. And you then, relate to her a lot more now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then from the beginning of the film, I do remember stuff from that, like the uh, the lawyer and his, uh, what did he say? Ta-ra-ra-boom-dee or yeah, yeah. Like, that is I think that's head. why he's so ridiculous is to try to, like, spice it up for the kids like this wacky old guy moving around so silly (laughs) yes yes because i definitely don't remember that they were playing that song from carmen even though now i'm like i know that song uh so so yeah it is interesting what you do remember as a child something i didn't child something i didn't remember as a child was how much duchess seems to be into the idea of these two old people being together as they are dancing and she's just like her eyes are just going between them and she's got this little kitty smile and i think she ships them oh (laughs) there's a lot she's all about love she's all about love she wants her mistress to be happy and and also like there's she's not the only one in this film that does that like there are so many times where the white cat marie um which is not where I got my name. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I have to specify. Neither, neither is Duchess from this movie where we got the name for our cat, Duchess. Um, but yeah, there's so many times where the kittens are just like, oh, mom and Thomas are flirting. Let's just watch. Yeah. And it's just like, I know. Yeah. okay. She, she loves love, Goodness. you know? 
she's a lady, that's why, which is a quote that Valerie said at the same time that Marie the cat did. I have to say Marie the cat every time I say. <laughs> oh, that was so silly. She also has a good quote, which is, ladies do not start fights, but they can finish them. Yes, that, that yes. That gets gift and shared around a lot. Yeah. Hell, heck yeah. Yes. That's a good shared one. Shared around? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I uh was I the only one mildly upset by the cat getting paint all over the piano? Is oh, that just I know. me? No, it, it will. bothers it me. Like, it just I was I'm thinking, like stop it. It's I was like piano. who's going to get this yeah. cleaned up? That's probably <laughs> one of Edgar's jobs. I oh, think. almost certainly. <laughs> all, uh to lose like squeezing the painting out of the tubes and maybe missing some of it. Oh yeah. Sometimes. But so. getting on the ground and getting all over the piano is different. Feeling. No, I'm sure Edgar has to come in with a toothbrush. Oh, hundred percent. Like clean that up. And so he's just thinking about that for 12 times, nine years. <laughs> and he's like, these cats got to go. I think there's a lot of ways that you can read in resentment from Edgar into the cats, but the, the film doesn't, really do anything to insinuate any of it until after he's already found out that the money's going to them. Yeah. Which is, I, I, I just find it an interesting choice because I feel like we see them and him enough before that, that it could have been established that there was resentment there, but it didn't feel like that was part of their intention. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I did really enjoy the inner, I mean, I overall, I enjoyed the kittens a lot and, and Duchess, you know, with the kittens, I really. Do you remember, do you remember all the kittens names? Because I sure didn't for most of the movie. I also say Just Marie is the only one I remember. <laughs> there's, again. there's Toulouse and Marie. The other one, I'm not 100% sure, but my notes say like, Beruthlius. I, why did I write that down? It's like, it's like. My brain is just like, oh, his name's like Belisarius or something like that. And they call him some <laughs> cute nickname. And it's just like, Never. no. <laughs> his his name is spelled B-E-R-L-I-O-Z. I think he says it Berlioz. Yeah, think, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's how that's how It's Duchess not says said it. enough. Like, I just don't recall it Yeah, ever. I think I think Duchess says like Berlioz. Also, do you guys want to know why they're named what they are? Sure. All three of these kittens are named for specific reasons. Toulouse is loosely based on French painter Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, Marie is named after Marie Antoinette. Uh, And Berlioz is named after the French composer Hector Berlioz. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. They're all named after French people. Okay. That's probably why at some point... One character refers to Marie the cat as the princess, and it's like, oh, yeah, ooh, that's a little. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, oh. What did you guys think of all the shenanigans with the dogs and Edgar, particularly the, okay. the the motorcycle shenanigans and stuff? I really enjoyed it, and I just got to say something, you guys. If you have never, like, I don't know if they have it on YouTube, but if you have never seen, because um, I forgot what her name is that plays Duchess, um. Jaja Gabor. Um, Green Acres. I mean, I used to watch Green Acres, but a lot of those characters and the dog characters were on Green Acres as well as Jaja Gabor. Uh, you know, and um, Pat Buttram and George Lindsay. 
Uh, yeah, I believe both of those gentlemen. The one that was the leader dog, for sure, Pat for Bertram. sure. Uh, but I think the other one, too. So all I'm saying is I could, especially since they're in the country and they're doing their things, I I picture, <laughs> I just almost picture, you know, um, what did I just say that sitcom's name was? I just Green lost Acres. the name. Thank you, Green Acres. I'm just picturing them, but I did really enjoy it. And in fact, my favorite of all is as they're as when it when the, he comes back to retrieve his things, when they're sitting there in the basket in the little sidecar with the hat on, with the umbrella. Oh my gosh, just just perfect, just perfect. The actual motorcycle shenanigans. I was sort of not into at first, but as. As the scene went on, it got snappier and more over the top in a way that that won me over. And I was like, no, this is a fun scene. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) See, I'm I'm kind of the opposite where I, like, at first I was like, oh, there's, like, shenanigans happening. This is entertaining and colorful and whatnot. And then as it sort of went on, I was like, I... I came here for cats, not motorcycle shenanigans <laughs> for dogs. Not this. And then I and then I had to realize later on with the second scene with Edgar and the two dogs. Yeah. That that's the B plot. Like they kinda have to yeah, put yeah, that there. Yeah. Because if you cut the first motorcycle shenanigans scene, then him going back to get all his stuff is kind of like this weird dis- detached scene at that point. So, so here's a fun fact though. That second scene wasn't originally in the plans. Oh. Um, Pat Buttram and George Lindsay were so popular with the filmmakers that they added another scene to the film involving Edgar returning to the farm to retrieve his stuff. So, like, that wasn't part of the original plans. They just enjoyed the performance of these two actors so much that they added that. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I have Good. a question. Yeah. What was Edgar's original plan with the cats before he was just like, let me get out of Dodge because these dogs are annoying. He had a basket. He was going into the country. I Just deposit them somewhere is all I can imagine. Yeah, I guess. I, so. I, I guess because when he tr- retrieves his stuff, he tries to retrieve the basket that he intended to dump them out of the basket somewhere. But but yeah, I don't know exactly. Yeah. I was curious. It's about not clear. That. Yeah, cause I, it, it was oh, like fine. that's obviously not his original goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I well, I would I would say you are correct in that because of some ending things that that his idea was to get him out into the woods as far as possible so they couldn't get back and they wouldn't be found. I liked when I think it was Berlioz uh, said Hippolotamus. Yeah. Yes. Very cute. <laughs> um, yes. I need to comment on a ruin uh-huh. or a, a moment that was ruined for me. Uh-oh. I'm going to start Uh-oh. that over again. I need to comment on a moment that was kind of ruined for me because I have consumed too much Dune. So whenever they uh-huh. looked at Duchess's eyes, I was just like, oh, blue within blue within blue. And they're like, oh no, it's, it's like sapphires. And I'm like, okay, it's like <laughs> sapphires, blue within blue within blue. Got it. <laughs> You're a dork and I love it. Yeah. Um, Duchess and O'Malley were eye flirting so much so immediately. Oh yeah. 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 He, I I love how quickly uh O'Malley turns from like, oh, she has kids to oh, I love these kids immensely. Yeah. I want, I care about <laughs> yeah. them so much. I think something that I appreciate now more as an adult about the film is that this the romance is slightly complicated by like this guy figuring out wait, am I cool with dating a woman who's got kids? <laughs> At first he's like, I don't think I'm into that. But then he's like, no, I'm 
maybe I could try it out. And then eventually he's like, I love these children. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's neat. And yeah. He, yeah. He was immediately good with them interacting with them yeah yeah uh, well when they very first talk to him he kind of scrunches his face and isn't paying as much attention to them but then he kind of like has like a facial thing where he, he kind of makes a decision and he like turns to them and starts talking and then is immediately like on their level yeah he, yeah. it's still a choice he has to make i think mm-hmm. i think one one thing that the movie did so well for both o'malley and for the audience is i think they had done such a nice job of establishing the little characters of each of the kittens. So I think they grew on, like that they they quickly grew on him because, you know, between little Marie, little Little Eisen, and I don't know her thing, but just their little personalities. Uh, of them, I think Berlioz was the weakest personality. Yeah, yeah, which group. is which is weird, just because his uh, his early scene on the piano where he does his eyebrow thing. Oh, I know that was it, like it bespeaks a lot of character that then I don't feel is there much afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a shame. I think that early scene sort of sets some unreal expectations for me going back in because I was like, oh yeah, it's this movie with these the two scenes I remember most is the arpeggio song and then the uh, everyone wants to be a cat and yeah just like I'll, i remember being in like orchestra class or something and just noodling away on my viola and one of the things i would do is arpeggios and then be like oh yeah like aristocats and start twiddling <laughs> yeah. out the melody of that yeah. as best i could by ear so like that was kind of half of my memories of this film so so berlioz having sort of less of a impact on everything it's disappointing that yeah. he doesn't do more, yeah. Because he's a cute cat. I mean, they're all cute cats. They are. I mean, except for the racist caricatures, but, you know, well, they're all you know. cute cats. <laughs> right. Uh, do you guys remember when Edgar committed a microaggression against a horse? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the look she gave him. I think that's yes. in spoilers, but still. No, no, no. it was earlier. Okay, when I, think he, when I think he does two microaggressions uh, against probably. the Probably. But the, the, the one I'm thinking of is earlier in the movie where he, like, waltzes in and starts, like, telling her about the evil stuff he did. Because he's like, a horse can't do anything to me, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah. straight from the horse's mouth, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> and she's like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He obviously never watched Mr. Ed. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. Uh, I also liked the Marie's the caboose, and then she does, like, a little pout. Yeah. But then she she continues being the caboose, but she's grumpy about it. Yes, yes. The entire playing train was very, very cute. Yes, yes. Then I wrote uh, that these geese are going to get this cat killed. (laughs) Oh, They very nearly did. (laughs) My my notes uh, regarding the geese are... Uh Oh no, geese <laughs> and silly music, and they're English. I know, <laughs> and so judgmental. Yeah, and y'all oh are gonna God. laugh, but the reason I was so tickled and delighted is one of my favorite films of all time is Emma and the women in the cut. You know, and, and the whole thing is with their their bonnets and their properness, and they're even kind of gossiping, but they're you know just being very socially into like what you should do and what you should not do and whatever. And and then when they immediately like, you know, look, there's a cat and, you know, and then we're going to teach him the proper way to swim. And I just so funny. Do you, did you like the drunk goose? <laughs> not 
as much, but it was <laughs> not as much of a fan not of the drunk. No, no. Yeah. Look, he's been he he's been through it. He almost died. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But again, I want to know that backstory. How how what what did he think when he was going to was the Was he restaurant? lord in yeah, there? Yeah, was he lord? In, yeah, or was what? he captured? What yeah. happened? Gosh, I a joke that I wouldn't have gotten as a kid, but now get as an adult uh, is just the fact that Uncle Waldo, the drunk goose. Uh-huh. said at some point like oh as being british i would rather have sherry over white wine i'm like i know what sherry is now <laughs> yeah. that's, i mean yeah that's, that's but yeah uh i liked the phrase a little old cricket bug yeah which oh, was said yeah. a lot yeah <laughs> just like instead of just call, like it's it's redundant but it's cute a cricket is a bug. You don't have to say cricket mm-hmm. bug, but he <laughs> said it and I liked I, it. Oh gosh, this might be a weird thing and I have no idea whether or not this is true because I haven't seen Pinocchio in its entirety because the last Hey, time we was... saw Pinocchio in its entirety five different times. Yeah. So okay. what's your question? Do, do, do they refer to, to the cricket in Pinocchio as like a little old cricket? Pug or something like that. Is that a reference? They don't say bug. I don't think so. No, he's just Jiminy. He's just Jiminy Cricket. Okay. And the other versions that I don't. Do they even specifically call him a cricket in most others? I don't remember, but I don't. Well, and Guillermo del Toro's. He's definitely a cricket. But my my theory that oh they're saying little old cricket because there was a cricket in a different movie is not accurate. I don't think connection my brain made, and then now I'm cutting because you've learned something today. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I also liked "Where's My Baby" by Basket. I I really liked that scene. Their interactions above the first one. It's so stupid, but like, but if you're if you're willing to emotionally get on the level it's operating on, I mean, it's just some fun dumb comedy. Uh, Which one is not? Honestly, the second scene where the dogs is the one that got me to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, these characters <laughs> are fun. Right. Yes, that exactly. It, got it was definitely of... my fight. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh no, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to say it was my definitely my favorite of the two, also, and I just I just love how the dogs were not in the know this time, but but again between the hay bale, but the the, the shenanigans happening, but really just emblazed in my mind is is their get up and you know and the baby by basket and the sidecar and yeah. the, all of, oh my gosh it was so great and two sorry can you imagine like if anybody i don't know who their owner supposedly was but if you drove by and you like you see these dogs oh in this get up i don't know you try to take the, the hat away from the dog and it just growls You're yeah like, well, i guess that, that's that's that dog's hat i guess you know yeah. that basket is so flipping soft oh, like yeah. it's yeah. a nice basket with some nice cushions yeah honestly it. he's probably having a comfier time than the one in the in the, the motorcycle side car. car yeah 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 but it, that's the bigger bag, exactly. So he's like, the, I'm the leader. I yeah, the I, I understand yeah. the logic. But. <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about everybody wants to be a cat as a as a scene uh, in both the music section and a different section. But the end where the like where ramp the music ramps up and they smash through the floors and dance away with broken instruments. It's iconic. Like that's yeah. just like yeah. when I think of Aristocats, it's that part that I think about. Yeah, and it's such such a good song. 
my only issue coming back to everyone wants to be a cat is there's a lot of flashing lights in that scene. True. My eyes hurt after that. And yeah, they got I'm a lot going on there. I'm realizing now as I'm getting older, I say as if I'm not still young. Uh-huh. Um, younger than all three of us. Yeah. Yep. I'm the baby. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, just. Uh, I mean, this is a thing I've been noticing for like years now that like flashing in games and movies sort of bothers me. Not in like yeah. an epileptic way, just like eye sure. strain. And yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a. It was interest slight tangent, which I'll probably cut. But just um, one of the movies that we watched recently was an an older anime movie from like the early '90s, and it was fascinating to me the ways in which one particular scene did flash in like a. I'm worried for anyone watching this who has uh, epileptic <laughs> seizures. Uh, but just the fact that that was there was very indicative of like the time where that was made because it was made before a certain episode of Pokemon aired <laughs> when that sort of thing completely changed in all anime forever. <laughs> and like to this day, you'll still see them like dim and, and like do stuff to lower any potential risk of that anytime there's flashing stuff in anime yeah and even, yeah it's fascinating i think i also noticed that when watching um i think i was watching the original gundam from like 1969 Ooh, yeah. which yeah it's the same thing it was before that one episode of pokemon where they all sort of <laughs> said oh wait a second this uh, is a like, bad oh, idea <laughs> oh maybe we should be more cautious about this I liked when the uh, mouse, who I can't remember the name of and do not wish to flip to my other document, uh, when he got like hit by something and, and smashed back and hit the wall, and he's like, oh, he got me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As if he had just been like purposefully attacked, but I don't, I don't think Edgar did anything on purpose. Yeah, it was, it was a cute um, gesture. I think his name was like Rupert. But my brain uh, says, no, he's Robespierre Ro- because he's in Ro- France. Rofort, Ro- yeah. Rofort? Okay. R-O-Q-U-E-F-O-R-T. Roquefort? Okay, that's a little silly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a French name. I don't know. It's not as silly as uh, Abraham DeLacy, Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley, the alley cat. <laughs> <laughs> also known as J. Thomas O'Malley. <laughs> That's what he called himself. And There's I'm like, where's Jay coming from? I think that's just part of the comedy. He, you know, his name spans across Europe. He's got to. Yeah. Truly. Uh, oh, also fun. Fun fact about him. The Italian dubbing of the film changes him to Romeo or Me- Mejo del Colosio, the best cat of the Colosseum in Romanesco dialect, making him an Italian cat from Rome speaking with a strong Roman accent. The reason for this change being that alley cats were well known for frequenting the Colosseum at the time. Oh, that's ah, cute. Okay. Also, to differentiate the character from Baloo, um, Reitherman noted that O'Malley was more based on Clark Gable than wallace beery who was partly the model for blue mm. oh, okay yeah i think he has a, a little bit of a sleazy or even more chill kind of like not that he's super sleazy, sleazy but it's like this kind of like this cool flirtatious yes. vibe I, like you can still tell it's phil harris but he definitely does have a different mm. vibe than blue yeah this movie yeah. definitely comes out of a time when i feel like disney had a smaller stable of actors that they were pulling from <laughs> um, yeah they're like we just like some uh, particular people and we'll keep calling them back over and over again yeah and that sort of detracted from the movie at the beginning but you know once it sort of 
got moving, I was like, okay, yeah, I can take You're this like, out, right, right. the value it's giving me and enjoy it. A few more um, voice actor notes. Scat Cat, uh, the one playing the trumpet and, you know, kind of the, the leader of the crew, uh, was voiced by Scatman Crothers. Uh, originally, they wanted Louis Armstrong to voice Scat Cat, uh, but he had to back out of the project due to illness. So out of desperation, Scatman Crothers was hired to voice the character under the direction to imitate Armstrong. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Also, um... The character named Sh- Shun Gon, who we will talk about more in a different mm-hmm. section. Oh, interesting. That's not what they put in the credits. What did they put in the... Oh, no. What did they put Let's in the... Let's talk about it and how's it hold up. Well, anyways, I just wanted to highlight that he's voiced by Paul Winchell, who you might know as Tigger. So... What? <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. So we'll talk about that more that in a different section, is but... That a shocker. Uh, also, Uncle Waldo is voiced by Bill Thompson, uh, who was also the voice of Droopy Dog in the old Droopy cartoons, and Mr. Smee in Peter Pan. This was his final film role before his death. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Huh. It's always interesting when you see someone's, and, and this one in particular, since it was his final film role, and then yeah. the last one approved by Disney, you said? Yes. Um, It's always interesting to me to see, like, where that last one lies because it really is just you know you don't plan for it most of the time with right. people and it kind of reminds me of how transformers is yes uh, yeah that's exactly the one i was thinking of was orson welles's final yeah yeah the fact that that was transformers which is another movie i need to watch as an adult we, we also that have that on the pod <laughs> yes we're yes. way you gotta listen to our backlog marie yeah i do yes. i do need to well part of the thing is i don't want to spoil myself that's and fair i know that you have a spoiler section because we do i'm here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch it and then listen to it yeah yes. yeah that's yes. the plan that's the plan all right let's talk some about animation I have one fun fact here, which is that originally O'Malley was going to be drawn with stripes to have him resemble a tabby cat, but this was dropped after Reetherman remembered the difficulty in animating yes. Shere Khan and Jungle Book. Yeah, I'm like, that <laughs> seems like a bad idea. Yeah, he's like, oh wait, that sucked actually. Let's not do that. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad they didn't because his design's like cute. Like if you showed me a yeah. cat and I was like, oh, look at his little socks. Yeah, yes, I love Valerie that. loves the socks. <laughs> One's longer than the other. So yeah, good. Uh, I really liked the pencil drawings of the cats during the opening. I always love to see pencil work animation. Uh, there's just a certain quality it has that that I enjoy seeing. Um, and then, yeah, this is obviously this is um, in the prime of them. Um, was it Xerox? Or? Using the Xerox technique um, that they started with 101 Dalmatians. So they got a real sketchy quality going on here, which was most noticeable, I think, with characters that had a lot of white. Like the white in Madame's hair yeah. uh, was kind of like fascinating to watch. And then Duchess sometimes. Also on the note of Duchess, I thought that she looked really different in the scenes where she was being held in the beginning compared to like the rest of the movie. Her face was like rounder and and like her eyes and stuff were bigger it was weird like she looks different artist i think so i think it was it was probably like whoever was animating the 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 
Madame. Yeah, yeah, those animated human characters, um, rather than the main <laughs> animators on Duchess herself. They're like, I can't do cats. What do you want? Uh, from yeah, me? yeah. So I make her a cute little cat. Okay, cool. <laughs> I will say the one part where um, the animation techniques that they were using sort of fell apart for me mm-hmm. uh, was, I think. The two shots of the cats and the geese walking together from uh, shot from behind yeah. looked a little. I don't, I don't know if fake's the right. It looked word. like something with the compositing wasn't quite gelling. Because yeah, yeah. I, I can picture exactly what you're talking about. Like yeah, like especially it felt like kind of on the the right side, like their outlines mm-hmm. weren't fully there or something. Yeah, it was. It wasn't composited. Well, I, I don't know what happened there, the only, but it didn't work out. And then the only other part like that for me was, um, I think there was a scene where it was Edgar and he was a certain amount of detail and they had zoomed in a background and had it panning. And I was like, you know, it's older animation. That's just how that looks. And you're like, it's a- <laughs> yeah. And why should the background be in focus when we have Edgar to look at? And yeah, his, Edgar and his wonderful facial expressions. His very animated He's so expressive in both the face and the body, and it's a joy. Like, he's he's not exactly up there in terms of, like, iconic Disney villains, but he is fun to look at. They just, like, it feels like the people animating him are having a good time doing it. Yeah. Doesn't he do the head wiggle in one scene? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I forget which animator. I'm sure people who are really good at remembering the specific animators and their quirks knows which person did the head wiggle. But <laughs> but yes, definitely. I know that in over at Warner Brothers, Chuck Jones loved to do that. But he was also that was also especially during his phase where he was imitating Disney. So the cracker that uh, oh, the little Robert. mouse eats oh, it looks so yeah. yummy. I want yeah. I want a bite of that cracker. <laughs> it looked so good as he was eating it. He made that cracker look amazing. (laughs) He also made his little detective rain outfit look so cute. Oh, I know, I know. Marie mentioned little raincoat and his like deer stalker and yes, makes me want to be like. It it feels a little bad to say, oh, this moment in this movie makes me want to go watch a different movie, but like (laughs) Mouse Detective, yeah, yeah, same sort of cute mouse with outfit vibes, hundred percent. Um, I thought that the pacing and staging of the train scene into the beginning of the river scene felt a little off. I, I don't know. There was something about uh, kind of the cuts and stuff of it that it, it didn't it didn't fall completely flat for me, but it just felt slightly weird to me. Was it the lack of the buildup with the train? Maybe some of that, and yeah, kind of the quick cuts and like the, Was it the fact sort that of clip using... dialogue and stuff. <laughs> The fact that maybe that they were using the stills each time it cut down to the cats. Yeah. And just shaking yeah. the camera a bunch, which again, yeah, it just felt sort of feeling. It felt weird. Yeah. It was fine once they were all in the water, that, or when two of them were in the water and all that. Yeah, I guess some of those sort of reaction shots where it zooms in on faces feels more jarring or more dated as well to build tension. It, it feels like maybe art techniques now are um better yeah (laughs) so so yeah some of those parts were a little more jarring than i think intended the reveal 
during the second dog and Edgar scene, uh, the reveal that the dog's eyes are still wide open as oh. the hat lifts off oh. of him. <laughs> Pete comedy. That's so good. I just... <laughs> Like, you could anticipate it, but also you could potentially not be anticipated and be caught by surprise. And either way, it's just, it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. And then the sneaking shoes and then going under e- underneath each other and turning around. All of that was just, um, the movement was so good and, and timed so well. Any other non-spoiler animation stuff you want to talk about? So, um, in January 2022, it was announced that a live-action remake is in development. Uh, Questlove was direct was attached to direct the film in March 2023. So, we have that to dread. Um, wh- what do you guys... What do you guys think about the prospect of a live-action of this movie? So... I... You no. first. No. <laughs> I, my, my thoughts You're like, are, no, thank you. I'm not gonna see it. I, mm. you know, we'll probably we'll, see it, but just out of obligation for this pod. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe just maybe out of curiosity, I will see it. But it's going to be a question of like, hey, how do you deal with the not great caricatures that appear in this <sighs> film? Kind of most characters are a little bit of a caricature of stuff like even with like playing up French accents in certain scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so. I mean, what they did with lady and the tramp, which I haven't seen it is they just completely changed the character of the two evil cats. Like they're just straight up, not Asian at all anymore. Um, and as far as like voice work and stuff, which they were never, they were always voiced by two white ladies anyways. Um, but like, yeah, they're, they're still jerk cats, but they just, completely ditched that so i'd imagine something like that but i don't they're still such the scat cat and his crew in particular are still such like bit characters that i'm not sure what else they're going to do to differentiate them and then also they're just going to be ugly realistic looking cgi cats anyways yeah like i'm just imagining in my head like a cat with the outfit of the um I don't know how to describe this character, but with the big wide rimmed glasses and the bead necklace and yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the kind and of the hippie-ish hair. one. Yeah. Watching, yeah. watching a CGI puppet that's supposed to look like a photorealistic cat acting like that. Yeah. It's just. My that is one of the outfits goodness. I could see them keeping on to some degree though. I would rather go back and watch one of those. See, you don't even need to go back in time because people are still making movies where they just film animals and then voice yes. over. Like, and then just like CG the mouth, but nothing else. No, don't even bother CGing the mouth. If the, if the <laughs> no, you're animal right. is on screen yeah. and you hear a voice, it's coming from that animal. You don't have to yeah, worry yeah. about it. Those are better than the Disney live action animal CGI yes. things. It's not live Agreed. action too. It's oh, I know. It drives me crazy. My main concern... Uh, given that we, we've said this, but I'll kind of restate, uh, similar to if you've uh, listened to that episode, the Sword in the Stone episode, like this is a vibes film. Danica called this out. I wasn't sure, but watching it again, it really does feel like that. So the main things that we care about are the interactions between the characters with the animation, between the cats, 
It's all very effective. With the photorealistic animation that Disney will do with this, how much are we going to... Is that interaction going to get harmed? Uh, Looking into a photorealistic blue cat's eyes, like how dreamy will that be? Looking at... There's lots of close-ups of O'Malley and... In the animation, he looks a bit, because uh, I can't think of a word, like scrungly. Like he's not a, he's a street cat, yeah. but he has this charm. The the geese call out exactly how scrungly they think he looks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will will that be reflected? Will we get like a charming, but not whatever stereotypically handsome is for a cat? I don't know. Uh, will we get that from a photorealistic animated film? Yeah. I have lots of doubts about that. Yeah, I think I think with with films where the primary characters are talking animals, it just either needs to be animated or exactly what Marie said, like the the especially '90s films where it's just live action animals just kind of walking around doing stuff. You put you slap voices over it, and like it's silly but charming. I- like or the the highest that you can go with that is like Babe, where you're like having the the CG mouths. That's the most you can do, but like, don't make them CGI animals. They will because they don't want to pay unions, but don't. (laughs) I agree. And I literally had one of my students be like, Miss James, Miss James, I need to show you this TikTok. And it was these three cats and it was someone talking for them. And then after she shows me this TikTok, she's just like, these cats are just so funny. (laughs) Like, okay. You're like, thanks. (laughs) So, Yeah. Also, terrible prediction uh, for comedy. They're going to have one spit up a hairball. Somebody's going to do it. Oh, you're probably right. Why'd you say that? I think that's the thing. That's the other thing. Like, can they just capture the feeling of this film? Or will they feel the need to fill it up with something more? Probably. Like, will they make Edgar even worse? Will the dame, will the madame, like, almost die because she's so sad? Like, I don't know. You know, or they're going to have, like, some famous or something actress play the part and do like they did with um with Pinocchio and and it's going to be you know Tom Hanks you know the the female version of Tom Hanks and they're going to have this long backstory and it's just going to just ugh, No 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 be- guys it's going to be like Beauty and the Beast they're going to give O'Malley a terribly sad backstory oh, that we're God. going to have to watch and oh, he's going to maybe goodness. even sing a sad song about. You know mm-hmm. what? That's- sometime after his introduction song he'll sing a, a sadder song. We'll get a flashback to his terrible life on the streets. Maybe he had a previous owner who kicked exactly him out. Like that. A whole thing. 100%. <laughs> that was the one thing where he's like ah, he's just another she's just another human. Like stay with me kind of thing but that'll be amped up that'll be taken from the little bit that it is enough to characterize him to 11 about like he can't trust humans and like i guess i'll take you there but actually i just want you to stay with me because humans suck yeah. i don't want to talk about this anymore the one thing i really hope that the live action actually you know what? i do hope the live action focuses on this because uh-huh. what else are going to because it means they aren't going to be spending their time on other things that are frivolous. Um, the fact that in the film, you know, they're traveling with the geese and it kind of just cuts. Like they say, okay, they start walking and then they're in Paris and it's just yeah. 
they don't focus on that journey at all, which is a little bit of a disappointment for me because I would like to see that journey, and that would have maybe been a. I think they should almost die movie. on that journey. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> just has some real harrowing stuff with the geese they ladies. <laughs> with the yeah. geese ladies, oh, they wouldn't be helpful. Or maybe no, exactly. Or maybe they're too good. Maybe they're just like they just fly away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, and then they're like, and then once the the dangers pass, they're like, okay, good, you guys took care of that. So let's keep going. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I feel like having, like, four to five scenes is something that yeah. the live action could probably do well, rather than Thomas O'Malley's sad backstory where he hates... No, they're gonna do Thomas O'Malley's sad backstory, though. <laughs> Dang it. I'm calling it, I'm calling it. If it's in there, then then I called that. Uh, let's, let's talk about music. <laughs> Let us. So, The Aristocats was the last Disney animated feature Robert and Richard Sherman worked on as song Aww. staff writers, growing awesome. frustrated by the studio's management following Disney's death. Aww. They would not return to Disney until they were asked to compose songs for the Tigger movie around 2000. Wow. Okay. Um, the instrumental music was composed by George Bruins, who we also had on uh, Sword in the Stone, uh, and he drew from his background with jazz bands in the 1940s and decided to feature the accordion-like musette uh, for French flavor. And uh, I, I, like, I like his stuff. But I also want to talk about some deleted songs. The Sherman Brothers composed multiple songs, but only the title song and scales and arpeggios were included in the film. Were you guys wondering why the little featurette that we watched where the Sherman Brothers were talking about their music in this film how that didn't include O'Malley or everybody wants to be a cat because um. they didn't compose those mm. deleted songs that were intended for the film included Porcoy sung by Hermione Badly as Madame Bonne Famille and She Never Felt Alone sung by Robbie Lester as Duchess which there's like a single line from in here during that part where uh, Duchess like talks about She Never Felt uh, Alone yeah. and you see her in the house or whatever for the show-stopping number, the Sherman Brothers composed Le Jazz Hot, uh, but Everybody Wants to Be a Cat, composed by Floyd Huddleston and Al Rinker, was used instead. Lastly, a villainous song was envisioned to be sung by Edgar and his assistant Elvira as a romantic duet, but the song was dropped when Elvira was dropped from the story. Mm -hmm. uh, another deleted song was for Thomas O'Malley, titled My Way is the Highway, but the filmmakers had Terry Gilkison compose the eponymous song Thomas O'Malley Cat. Gilkison explained, it was the same song but they orchestrated it twice. They used the simpler one because they may have thought the other too elaborate or too hot. It was a jazz version with a full orchestra. So, so yeah, there, there's lots of different songwriters on here, not only the Sherman Brothers. Mm -hmm. um, I like the opening song by the Sherman Brothers quite a bit, though. The Aristocats. It's actually been stuck in my head since this morning before we even watched the movie. I just like... I think it was when you, Marie, messaged me and I said, and I typed the Aristocats, and then it was just, <laughs> that song was in my head. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, I also love the music for the geese when they're walking around. Yes. The yes, I'm sure getting into that. That reminds me of... This has happened to me on multiple films that I've watched where I go back and watch an older film and I've noticed that you just don't get silly little songs like the Geese's theme right? anymore. And, you know, I'm kind of okay with that. 
<laughs> but it sort of is this thing where I go back and I'm like, oh, this movie's like really well shot and I really enjoy it. And then just silly piece of scoring comes on. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. This movie's old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is um, this is one of the soundtracks that Disney has released, uh, like the full soundtrack for uh, within the past decade or so they released it uh so i've listened to the full score of this thing um and yeah a hundred percent the stupid little ditty with the geese is like one of my favorite little bits it's just a fun silly little scoring the they also has a lot of fun with the like uh jazzy stuff as edgar's like doing his sneaky underhanded things <laughs> uh it's 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 a cute soundtrack, though I think his work on Robin Hood is even better. Yeah, agreed on that. Robin Hood's a... I just love Robin Hood so much. Heck yeah. Definitely be covering that at some point. Everybody Wants to Be a Cat is very good, though. Yeah. Um, it has issues, which we'll talk about in a section right after this. Um, but, like, the song itself is just very fun. Very jazzy. Um, the whole... Like, from when you can kind of hear some of it coming out of the window to them, like, walking in and talking and stuff before they actually start singing. All of that music is included in the uh, version of the soundtrack I have. So I just get some, like, wonderful instrumentals building up to the song and stuff. It's great. I love listening to that thing. It's like five minutes and it's great. They also, fortunately, cut out the one bit of dialogue slash singing that I wouldn't have wanted to be in there, even though you still hear, you know, a particular bit of uh, stereotypical music play. But you don't hear dialogue during that part. And a bit of historical revisionism, I suppose, removing that. But I'm not complaining. It allows me to listen to the song. So, Yeah, that was definitely in the, like, sing-along part. Yeah, the 90s hadn't decided to stop. They hadn't decided to stop uh, allowing that yet. (sighs) Yeah, Uh, it's a good song, though, besides that bit. Yeah, I think all the songs are like way more effective than uh, what I feel like I'll keep comparing this to sort of the stone, especially whenever you bring up like the Sherman Brothers. They had the two uh, featurettes. Uh, at the end, and one talked about the, Sh- the Sherman brothers talked about the stuff that they they retroactively realized that they were missing from Sword in the Stone. Uh, yeah, the the year apart, it's like seven years or so release. So yeah, I think they had time to yeah. Jungle Book was was between these and stuff. Yeah, so, to, yeah. to learn and apply yeah. uh, of songs of um, what's happening around them, and not just kind of songs outside of the action. Um, so yeah, I really like the songs here. Yeah, I do. I do think Jungle Book holds up a bit better for me personally than this. Uh, Probably Uh, agreed. Uh, I haven't touched that movie yet because it's going to be like five movies once we finally deal with that. But, um, yeah, I just know I recently have rewatched it and my only comment on the Jungle Book is it's shorter than I remember, but yeah, yeah. Holds up. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that movie, less so the other movies that'll be attached to it. Oh, goodness. I don't know if you know this, but there's two live-action 90s movies related to Jungle Book, as well as an animated sequel, as well as the more recent live-action remake. Yeah, I think <laughs> I knew lot. about the sequel and the recent remake, but 
Goodness. Yep. <laughs> Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? Uh, before we actually answer that question with some obvious things we need to say, uh, this is just the section where I end up throwing, uh, it seems like, the talk about uh, sequels and remakes and stuff like that. Um, I already mentioned the remake that's coming out, but... In 2005, Disney Toon Studios planned to make a follow-up to the film, along with sequels to Chicken Little and Meet the Robinsons. Originally intended to be a 2D animated feature, Disney executives decided to produce the film in computer animation in order to garner more interest. Additionally, the story was meant to center around Marie, Duchess's daughter, who becomes smitten by another kitten aboard a luxury cruise ship. (laughs) However, she and her family must soon take on a jewel thief on the open seas. Sure. The project was canceled when John Lasseter was named Disney's new chief creative officer. Again, one of the few good things he's ever done. Um, in 2000, a television series titled The Aristocats, the animated series, was commissioned by Disney Television Animation. The series would follow Marie Toulouse and Berlioz, now teenagers and also, and also anthropomorphic, along with a oh, new character, no. along with no. a new character named Delancey. The series was scheduled to be released sometime in 2002, but production was put on hold in 2001. It would restart production 2003 with a release scheduled for late 2006 or 2007, only for it to be scrapped after Disney's acquisition of Pixar. So uh, there's two bullets that we dodged. Um, I mean, okay, I'll be honest. Yeah. I think the gem thief on open waters, that that pitch, you know, I would, I would develop that pitch. But do and- you recall that it also involves it being a 3D animated film and involves your namesake becoming smitten with I- another kitten? So there's a big focus on like a love angle. It just, okay, if it was 2D animated, I would green light it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that the romance story in the original Aristocats holds up so mm-hmm. the fact that they were like oh let's do another cat romance i would be like okay yeah you can do like, another all right. cat romance like, all um, right it's this jewel thief thing that i'm more interested in but all right i mean yeah i think a jewel thief would make a better b plot than edgar agreed i i am not excited oh, about no valerie found valerie found art oh, oh no are you going to yeah. You have Look to send up. this to Marie. Oh, there's a cat's TV show. Look at mm-hmm. them. I'm excited. You can see them all. They look oh. like modern. Uh, well, yeah, because it's the 2000s. That yeah. Oh, that's the new one. That's Delancey. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Who's Delancey named after? That name's familiar. I, th- I think that's part of, uh, is similar to one of uh, uh, O'Malley's names. Abraham Delacey. Yeah, yeah. So I'm presuming it's their kid, their new kid or something. Uh, uh, please send oh, that. Is it please send, that's what I'm assuming, but maybe oh, not. Does it look young? I thought that's send a send a picture to to Marie. Anyways, as for actually talking about this section, I have one minor note before the main obvious thing. Uh, Berlio said sissy stuff at one point, and wow, he's homophobic. What uh. the heck? <laughs> 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 uh-huh. I, um. <laughs> Yeah, what the heck, Berlioz? <laughs> come on, man. Come Maybe on. Maybe that's why he's the least favorite of the kittens. I uh, probably and us, yeah. the audience. Yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, the main issue is that 
Scat Cat's crew is all caricatures, um, and the most egregious one is a really horrific Asian caricature uh, with big buck teeth who talks in an awful stereotypical accent and is voiced by a white person and uh, uses like chopsticks to play piano at one point while the song Chopsticks is playing. And the mm-hmm. symbols for a hat. Oh, he looks, uses oh the symbol as, as a hat, one of the uh, rice hats or whatever. Just awful. Just bad stuff. Um, and a lot of it. I mean, like more than a decent than amount a of, of it. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, it is a decent amount. And, it's and so, yeah, yeah, like yeah. we kind of talked while we were watching because mom was kind of obviously horrified by it and like not understanding like why this is here when then the rest of it seems fine and i think it's it's because all of scat cat's crew are caricatures it's just that like Mm -hmm. that's the only one that is obviously super super egregious to us now but back then it was for the white people making it and the white people they intended to see it was considered just as fine as the rest of it yeah and that's not an excuse it's just the reason it's like that and it's awful yeah looking back on it um from my side i am now realizing like oh there was like a Russian blue, and so they gave him yep. a Russian accent, and there was a sigh, oh, and that's where it all falls apart. Like <laughs> yep, all the exactly. other cultural stereotypes that they throw in for the rest of his crew pale in comparison to yes. the, the Asian caricature that they have. Like, at, uh, at me on a little side, my family is Italian American, so I was like, oh, there's yeah. an Italian stereotype. Oh, I have <laughs> feelings about that, but they are not anything <laughs> to compare. <laughs> Two, and then the other one happened, and you're like, yeah. "Oh no!" <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, just, it's really just a matter of how much attention they bring to it, too. Like, yeah. they could have just, like, in in some timeline, the live action remake is going to preserve, like, okay, these are all cats who have their personalities sort of be a little bit, or at least their accents come from where that breed of cat is named after. And they can do it well, and it will be like, oh, this is like a pleasant like bit that they're all different cats from different countries. But I, yeah. but I don't with how it was in this original. I don't foresee yeah. the, the remake even wanting to touch it because I wouldn't want to. Right. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that Danica had a name for the cat, uh, because definitely in the credits. It just uh, in the credits it says scat cat, Chinese cat, English cat, Italian cat, and Russian cat. So yeah, so that feels like also kind of revisionist. Yeah, I wonder when the name was actually coined. Not sure. Uh, yeah, it's it sucks. Like the rest of them as caricatures are just kind of cringe, but that one is just straight up uncomfortable to have to deal with and it's definitely like a stain on an otherwise pretty like chill movie to just have to deal with that and also a stain on a like otherwise great song that that's like the primary spot where that stuff is happening is that song and it is such a shame because that was such a great song I mean, just such a fabulous song. And it's like, what? Why did you have to mess it up? The creators thought it was funny. They were wrong. Yep. Uh, Yeah. 
Anything else with this section? I feel like the movie could have been paced better. Yeah, that's fair. I don't. I I think part of that feeling came from me looking at the runtime of it, which is something you never <laughs> really pay attention to as a kid. Because like, yeah, who's gonna who's gonna look at the runtime of a film when you're as a, a kid? Child? You have all the time in the world. You're like, it's it was it's as long as it is. I don't know. Yeah, like I had two conceptions for movie lanes: one VHS and two VHSs. That's how long <laughs> movies were. Uh, yeah, yeah. So now looking at it now, I I think I experienced the same thing when I rewatched Jungle Book because Jungle Book's a pretty short movie. And now looking at this, I'm like, okay, it's an hour and however much, and it felt the length it was. It didn't drag on, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go on to our. Spoiler alert! Skip to. One hour, 15 minutes, and 11 seconds. So the end of the movie is the cats try to go back home. Edgar makes a last ditch attempt to stuff them in a sack and get rid of them. And then all the other animals help take them down. Uh, the uh, mouse runs off and gets O'Malley, who uh, at first it's just O'Malley and the horse trying to stop Edgar. And then Scat Cat and his crew come after almost eating the mouse. <laughs> um, and everyone everyone's attacking Edgar. And of course, the cats are saved. Edgar gets knocked into the case and maybe dies of asphyxiation. Hopefully he's fine. I'm just curious when exactly someone realized a human man was inside this trunk that they're transporting. Like, how far did it get in the transportation? Um, but anyways, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, uh, other than the uh, the the mistress, the oh, madam adopts uh, a yeah, ad- Well, and she starts a whole orphanage for yes. um the uh, the alley cats. Yeah, yeah, of, of Paris. Yeah, and she also almost literally says these two cats are gonna make babies, and I'm like, okay, girl, chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, an interesting sort of thing I have or a curiosity I have about the end of the film with Edgar getting thrown in the chest is so they're sending it to Timbuktu and I wonder if they chose that place because it's like was just a stereotypical place to send someone very far away or specifically because France did control that area in that time period. 1910? Yeah, they controlled it from like 18, some late 1800s. I mean, maybe maybe both. Interesting. Mid 1900s, I think. Yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, they just do throw a human man in the back of a trunk. <laughs> they sure do. I, d- I never don't genuinely think he died. I think at some point someone figured out there's a man here. And my main question is, did he get arrested at some point? Or does he just go on the run after that before he can be arrested? Or does anyone ever want to arrest him? Because, like, the madam doesn't seem to be cognizant of the fact that he tried to kill her cats. Mm-mm. She's just like, he left. What a shame. Uh, yeah, so this is, this is the Aristocats <laughs> sequel that we're really calling for is, I want Edgar <laughs> to be the jewel thief. That's what he ended up doing after this. Oh my gosh. That would be hilarious. <laughs> also, I uh, want to make sure not to forget. I like the gag where uh, the mouse yells quiet and everyone pauses, yeah. including like yeah. Edgar and all the cats that were angrily fighting. They just stop so that he can listen and, and crack the, the safe. Just like, Edgar, you you should not let him do this, but... (laughs) 
very silly. Like, yeah, I think it was mostly just like for me a good bit of physical comedy too. Of like definitely all the cats hanging off of Edgar. Um, yeah, very good. I do not like the designs of the Aristocats, the animated series characters. Uh, those just got put in chat, by the way, and I am not happy good. with that. Good, good. I I encourage everyone to... What did you Google search to get it? Aristocats TV show. All right. So I encourage everyone to Google image search that uh, so that they can also be sad. What did they do to my boys? Will- Maybe you'll love it. Maybe you just love that style. I don't know you in your life. Uh, I will say uh, the ending was a bit underwhelming with all of the like recycled animation from definitely a lot of the, recycled animation. Everybody wants to be a cat part and and oh, just lots of other parts of the film. Yeah, the whole bit with the geese I think was almost completely recycled, just making sure to lip sync to the song. Yeah, um, with um, Toulouse and I can't remember the cat's Berlioz. Yeah, Berlioz uh, with. With Toulouse and Berlioz, the like jumping on the piano, which that wasn't even synced to the music. I think the dogs at the very end is also pretty much entirely stuff that was in the second scene with them. Yeah, yeah. That, Just again, lip synced correctly. That was um a bit underwhelming. Yeah, it's also fascinating to me how like visually esoteric it gets the further it goes along because mm. like... Okay, at first we see, yeah, they're all in the barn. Okay, the the horse is, like, in the doorway of the barn. Okay, these geese are, like, in a little bit of a liminal space that looks like it's pretty much just the street, but it's colored like they're still in the barn. And then the dogs are there, and you're like, how? I can understand. The geese were invited, sure. How are the dogs here? But then the background, like... Is the colors of the of the party they're throwing and otherwise nothing to indicate what space they're in. Yeah. And then and then it's over. <laughs> and yeah. it's just yeah. fascinating to me how they it, do that because they're reusing animation that way. It kind of felt like they took the color stuff that was happening in Who Wants to Be a Cat and we're just like, this is yeah. good. We'll just keep doing that. Yeah. And yeah. we'll <laughs> let it go a little crazy at the end and no one will mind. Pretty much. Which I mean as a kid I didn't. So yeah, and I don't think it was the barn. I think it was inside the house, like downstairs. Yeah, oh, I remember sure. them sitting at her couch, and, and it's her. it's yeah. so unclear. That, yeah. yeah, sure. I I, I do you. remember thinking, oh, they just let the horse inside. Okay, Miss, yeah. What's her name? Miss Fufu, right? Or yeah, like Fufu that. or Frufru, something like that. Frufru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silly name for a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I do have names for all of Scott Cat's crew. The, which they don't say, so I don't think it's... Hit Cat is the one playing acoustic guitar, and Peppo is playing the concertina, and Billy Boss is playing the double bass. That's not what the credits say. <laughs> nope, it's not. <laughs> I My guess is something like they appeared in comics or some more like a children's book mm, or something. Sure. Probably something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Anything else with Spoilers. No more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? Uh, pretty everybody easy. That would the... be the racist part of everybody wants to be a cat. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, I agree. What was your favorite scene in the movie? Now we actually have to think for I, a second. Yeah. I very much enjoyed um, the scene in which uh, Thomas and Duchess were talking on... Like, the scene directly after Who Wants to Be a Cat, where two of them are having, like, this 
pretty heartfelt conversation and i was like yeah yeah i'm getting invested in the emotions of two animated cats (laughs) (laughs) mine's gonna have to be the the second scene with the dogs and them in you know their soft cushy bed and and the hats and the you know the butler and the in the hay bell and all that i just loved it um mine's gonna be the end of everybody wants to be a cat them smashing down through the le- the floors of that building and then walking out with their broken instruments it's iconic for me yeah i guess with the repetition like having seen the two songs scales and arpeggios and everybody wants to be a cat in like whatever sing-along video i had uh, I guess I'll represent that beginning part and say scales and arpeggios. Aww. <laughs> Who was your least favorite character? It's the racist caricature cat. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. Uh, if you want, if you have a second character that you want to call out as being one of your least favorite, then feel free. But I, I don't know if I liked how the horse was animated. Like mm-hmm. she, she was a horse yeah. who was very humanly expressive, and I. You know, you know horses need, are difficult. Yeah, I need my horses to be a little bit more cartoonish if they're going to be that animated. You want more like Spirit, Stallion yeah, and the Cimarron? Or, or, yeah, yeah, let's go with Spirit. That's probably a good touchstone for that. <laughs> or the, I don't, what's the name of the horse that's in Road to El Dorado? Or the one in Tangled? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I think El Dorado would be maybe a good the sort of... Horse. Yeah, a good animated horse who, you know, is a horse doesn't have this weird like like still has horse expressions instead of human-ish expressions pasted the one onto entangled a horse. is just a dog he's like is it maximus or something it so feels sure like yeah yeah thing. yeah it's maximus or something like that <laughs> who was your favorite character in the movie i think i might have to go with the duchess uh yeah, because I, I just really she was a good mom she was I, I love Zsa Zsa Gabor's <clears throat> depiction, just kind of like Bianca. It, it was just, it was just a good character. I think, I think I also want to go with Duchess, partially because like the, the animators did really good on making you know a a nice, aesthetically pleasing cat for us to emotionally relate to, and also she has, she's not someone without conviction. She shows emotions, she shows her priorities, and she. She's a good character. Yeah, it's fun to see her, like, be put in the new situations and be very, like, well, I don't know. She's like, I'll try. Not, I I don't know this. I don't like this. I'll go O'Malley. Just because he was, he was fun. Like, yes, It's a good Pat Harris role. Yeah, like, he's uh, charming he, you know, ends up helping them out. He has to bail Marie out, the Marie the cat, all the time, <laughs> and he doesn't see, and he doesn't seem like exasperated or anything. And, and yeah, like on the other side of that kind of emotional conversation, like they are both uh, very uh, straightforward about like their fears and their wants, and it's very good. Yeah. I was considering him, but since you did it, I mean, I'm going to go with Marie the cat. Yeah, that was, that was my second one. <laughs> She's definitely my favorite of the kids, and yeah. she just has some fun lines, and it's got such a little quirky personality. She loves love. She'll beat up her brothers. Uh, she's just fun. Yeah, I also appreciate how they just let her sing, like, that sort yeah. of off-key child yeah. singing. Um, yeah. 
and it adds sort of this like genuineness to the movie where I'm like, yeah, they're kids. It doesn't sound the best, <laughs> but they're kids. There's that's how kids sing. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> that was one thing I liked about the scales and arpeggios as well. Like again, we watched a feature right at the end of the film or in the extra features or whatever. And when uh, one of the Sherman brothers was singing the song, it was like played really nicely and sung at a up tempo beat. And I'm like, that's not the song though. <laughs> this is two cats who are le- like, one is learning how to play the piano. So it's like a very simple composition. And then you have a little girl singing the song. Uh, it's much more charming with that. What was your least favorite song in the movie? Now does Duchess's, interlude between everybody wants to be a cat is that a separate song or is that just a part of everybody wants to be a cat oh the slow tempo part yeah that's just part of everybody wants to be a cat okay and what are the songs the aristocats scales and arpeggios thomas o'malley cat and everybody wants to be a cat which is reprised technically twice the little the kids <laughs> sing it a little bit and then it's at the end i don't know if I'm gonna be i know i do song. like all of these songs <laughs> yeah i think the for me, I'm going to have to say the opening song, just because yeah. it didn't stick as good as the others. It has, it's not entirely fair to say like, oh, this is my least favorite song in the film, because I like all of them. It's, yeah. But if I had to choose one, I feel like, okay, the opening song, because it has less of sort of a impact for me. Sure, yeah. They're all really strong. If I, if, uh. I am allowed. I will say the kids reprise of Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. I don't know if you're allowed. Uh, <laughs> then I'll have to agree with Marie. Uh, I love that when we song go. I think I'm gonna might have to go with the O'Malley. Uh, do, uh, it's hard because I, I think like all I of think them. that's I'm what go I'm going with, with too, though. Yeah, is Thomas like O'Malley it. Cat. I like again. I like it. So this isn't. Yeah. Yeah, I like the song, but I do think it's. I think it's my least favorite. Yeah. yeah, and I like the other three. I think better. Yeah, I think if it's they tough inc- though. I think if they had included that um, song they were going to give to Edgar, that would probably mm. have ended up being. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It might have been an amazing villain song. For Maybe Edgar. who knows? Probably not. He was such a weird villain. <laughs> well, it was again supposed to be a duet, so it de- I think it partially depends on how strong his partner was, as mm. far as. A character and vocals and stuff. Yeah. Which is your favorite song? I'll stick with my scales and arpeggios. Uh, scales and arpeggios here. rep. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I like the, again, the simplicity of the beginning, but then the whole family starts harmonizing at the end. It's very lovely. I like it. I think I'm going to go with uh, the Aristocats because it just sets the tone. And I and I love, um, especially the little backstory, knowing that that little French man that they got to come out of retirement to sing it. Chevalier. Yeah. The little Frenchman. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Marie's comment about, like, you know, not knowing what your last thing is. But I, get, I think for him, like, he did. He's like, I will come out of retirement. I did my last yeah. thing, but... I like this. I'm gonna. This will be my last one. Yeah, yeah, because they like yeah. sent him a demo of of one of the Sherman brothers imitating his his style, and he's like, "Yeah, I like this. All right." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But knowing that does elevate, uh, especially the the French portion of that uh, first piece. Yeah, piece song, whatever. <laughs> Did you say what your favorite was? Uh, I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, scales and arpeggios because it sort of stuck with me longer mostly because like I said when I'm practicing arpeggios on anything I'm like oh yeah 
there's that song from that movie from when I was a kid, and it stuck. <laughs> That's cute. Adorable. Yeah. Um, despite it all, I do have to go with Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. Yeah. Um, it is a ob- great song. Obviously, uh, I'm not as much of a fan of watching it in the film itself because of what's there. Uh, but listening to the soundtrack version that has all that opening instrumental and stuff, too... Mwah, it's it's so it's so good to listen to. Uh, I I enjoy jazzy stuff, so yeah, yeah. I I enjoy this, and I super enjoy most of the songs on Jungle Book because I am into I do like the jazzy stuff. I I imagine eventually there will be someone because you saw this with Aladdin too, with people mixing the two versions of certain songs in that and. I imagine someone on YouTube or something is going to take like the best bits from the original Aristocats who wants to be a cat and then whatever they do in the supposedly live action remake and make oh, like yeah. a master version of it. That'd be um, fascinating. Yeah. So I'm a little excited for that, but I'm not really excited that they're <laughs> making movies because excited. Why do they got to do that? Yeah, truly uh, they could just like a reimagining of the soundtrack and and yeah. That's fine too. I can't I can't talk about Disney's remakes. It just gets me too upset. What character would Tim Curry have played if he were in this movie? Edgar. Oh, I forgot the yeah. question. <laughs> oh, I wonder. Oh, I I could, I could go with Edgar because I could, he yeah, could be I could an see over Edgar. the top villain and I could I could yeah, I could see that. Again, Edgar is fascinating just with the beginning. Like you didn't you don't see him as the villain until he starts yeah, being like yeah. got to get rid of these cats. Yeah, it's so interesting. And we already know that Tim Curry makes a great butler. Yeah, True. yeah, especially. True. Yeah, I was about to say that. Um, I feel like yeah, Edgar's the obvious answer. I'm trying to think of who Yeah, he's definitely think, the obvious one. I feel like putting him in like one of Scat Cat's gang would also <laughs> oh, be yeah, kind yeah. of fun. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm changing my mind on the spot. I think he should play the little mouse and just Ooh. have Tim Curry oh. as the little mouse. And <laughs> Yeah, just a totally, like, off-brand one. That sounds fun. What if he was Uncle Otto? Oh, the eccentric romance. Mm. Oh, oh, the drunk... The, 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 the yes, goose. the drunk goose. Sorry. The drunk goose. Yeah, um, I'm not too on board with that, mostly because I didn't yeah. like Uncle Waldo. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Uncle Waldo's anyone's favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. Okay. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the film. I don't know. Like, it was weird. I didn't think that I had that much to compare it to. But then I, again, I was watching it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like remembering a lot more lines than I than I thought I would. Uh, I definitely would recommend it, but acknowledging as they do in the uh, Disney Plus version where they have the credit scene in the beginning, or not the credits, the like warning, the advisory in the beginning. Yeah, they about, have an like, advisory message at the beginning. We, we've left in some like portrayals of things that are not, that we know are not okay now or whatever. Yeah, so a- acknowledging that advisory and agreeing with it, like I will will give this a, you know, for the music, for uh the the characters, even though like we said it it is slight story-wise as a package it was entertaining. Some of the animation stuff as well, like the recycle stuff at the end, maybe knocking that down a little bit along with the portrayal. I'll give this a 3.25. 
Um, I, I actually, I think I'm going, I'm right on par with you. I, I would recommend it. And I think also 3.25. I did enjoy it, but again, it, it lost some points with me. Um, I am glad that they did have the, the disclaimer, but some of the recycled animation and again, the fact that they did have those stereotypes. Yeah. 3.25. Just to clarify, they don't get points for having a disclaimer. They have a disclaimer just so that people don't complain at them. Right. I'm just acknowledging mm-hmm. it, like, that it is there and, like, agreed. Yeah. Like, this isn't... Yeah. Yeah. There are parts wrong with this film. Definitely. Um, I think, yeah, around the same area for me, three and a third. Two very <laughs> nice songs that I enjoy. And then it's just a... It's just a... It's an entertaining movie, but it's not a very... Strong one. Agreed. 3.25. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think I would yeah. give it a 3.5 if it weren't for the racism. Yeah. So 3.25. Yep. Yeah. I've, it's, a, it's a cute movie besides the one part that's super not cute. It's not like a must see, but I mean, watched it a ton as a kid. It's in, ingrained in my brain. Um, and I had a nice time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And I would love for you to join me any Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time uh, watching Nana Critter, N-A-N-A-C-R-I-T-T-E-R on Twitch. And I am streaming Final Fantasy IX. And I'm having so much fun. I'm creating voices. Uh, I I sometimes remember the correct voice to to continue (laughs) with my normal characters. No, actually, I do with It depends on how much the character, like, if it's been a good gap, then you might be a little rusty on their voice. But I have so much fun creating voices. And, of course, these two lovely ladies are wonderful and support me and and are in the chat and um, rescue me. Uh, Danica will rescue me and call me if I get lost. somewhere or can't do something but yeah but come join me any wednesday and thank you very much marie our lovely guest for being here yes thank you marie um yeah i don't really have anything to plug for myself but if i end up i will have nanica put it in the show notes if i actually start (laughs) making youtube videos again yeah (laughs) okay but yeah Uh, so Maybe that's a thing, but probably not. But I very much appreciate being on. Thank you. We appreciate you being on. Yeah, we loved having you. Always add so much. Yeah. And next time, we will be joining our old pal Alvin and the chipmunks as they go on an adventure. Goodness, goodness. And this one also has some egregious racial stereotypes. So looking forward to that. I love this film. (laughs) Join us then. Bye. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. Thank you. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening.
Mom, when Marie's talking, you can oh, just call then off. I can do that. I wasn't sure. Right. As long as Marie... Yeah, if Sorry. we're talking, then you can. But right. if Marie's talking, you can call. If we're talking, hold it in. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> if, if we're talking, <laughs> suck it up. <laughs> I have everyone's name if you want me to tell you anyone else's name. No, I'm good. You don't want to know the geese's names? And Abigail and... some Abigail Gaggle? Is it Gaggle? Oh. Uh, it's Abigail Gabble. Gabble. Oh, yeah. And Amelia. Amelia. That's all. We can keep going. 